Good morning. Good to be with you again. Are you glad to be alive? Glad to be alive in Christ? Amen. Um, we're glad to be here this morning uh, once again with you. I was sharing with Joel after last Sunday's service with you. Uh, my wife and I went across the street to the uh, emergency clinic. She's been having some problems and uh, um, uh, she had the surgery a while back, a couple weeks ago, and um, has some infection in some of the incisions. And so uh, it's been a week of fever and nausea, and we're glad to say that things are on the, things are on the mend, and she's uh, able to be here today with, with me, and I'm, I'm glad for that. So I trust you've had a, a decent week, and um, that God has seen you through whatever trials, whatever, whatever uh, challenges you've had. Uh, this morning, I'd like to, to read with you from Matthew's Gospel. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, uh, verses 31 through 33. Short passage with um, a couple of very familiar parables told by Jesus. So let's read that together. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 through 33. <clears throat> he put another parable before them, saying... The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Let's bow in prayer together. Our gracious God, how privileged we are to call you Father, to sing your praises this morning, to gather with each other and encourage each other uh, through our words, through our singing, through your word. Father, we believe your word is truth and that through your Holy Spirit, you will lead us into truth. And so I pray that you'll do that this morning. Bless Pastor Daniel as he expounds the truth with the brothers and sisters there in that congregation. And pray that you also, uh, while we're praying, uh, bless um, Pastor Steve in his travels and his uh, getaway time. May it be refreshing and strengthening for him. Return him safely, we pray. And Father, we pray now that you will open our eyes to behold uh, our King and our Savior, Jesus, His cross where the miracle of our redemption took place and His uh, resurrection, His empty tomb and His, uh, his uh, reigning with you on high today and His coming again. Open our eyes, Father, to behold that we might be moved to worship to uh, sing not only hallelujah with our mouths, but in our hearts. That we might be convicted and moved to forsake all other kings and idols and lords and follow him alone in our daily lives. So we thank you for your presence here with us and we trust you to work in our hearts. In Christ's name, amen. Mm -mm. Uh, I'd like to... 
to begin by asking you to imagine two large arches. Two large arches, side by side. Now, uh, maybe you can't help but think of golden arches. Uh, that might not be a good idea. I don't want you to get too hungry just yet. But uh, whatever you want to imagine, two large arches, side by side. The first arch represents, represents uh, the kingdom of this world. The present age in which we're living, where, where man is basically trying to rule without God. Man's trying to be his own king. Now, the second arch is, is the kingdom of God, which was begun, which was brought by Jesus when he came. As we said last week, Jesus came announcing the, the presence and the nearness, and the availability of the kingdom of God. When Jesus came, the kingdom began to come, and that arch represents the kingdom of God uh, from, the, from his first coming to his second coming, when the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, as it says in Revelation 11. Jesus, now, now move those two arches together so that they overlap. Because that's where you and I are right now. We're in the in the in-between time. We're between the first coming of Christ and his second coming when the when when the when the kingdom will come in, in fullness. We're in that in-between time. These two arches overlap. We're, we're in the kingdom of this world, but Christ has come, he has come into our hearts, he's come into our lives. He's doing his work in this world. The kingdom of Christ has come. It's not here in its fullness, but we're living in his kingdom as well. So we're in the in-between time because Jesus came. He announced the arrival of the kingdom, which remember we said the kingdom is the rule of God, the rule of God in his people. Jesus taught about it constantly. Whoever trusts in him, whoever believes and is born again will enter that kingdom. And uh, he died, he rose, he ascended into heaven, he will come again. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. And when he comes again, the kingdom will be here in its full force. Uh, in the meantime, we're living in two kingdoms. You know, the kingdom of this world, which is passing away. And the kingdom of God, which began when Jesus entered our lives. The term that a lot of theologians use to describe the kingdom is um, they often use a term, a uh, phrase, already but not yet. It's, it's both present and future. You know, the kingdom is already here. Wherever Jesus is accepted as Lord and Savior, the kingdom is here. Sins are forgiven. The Holy Spirit makes new. But it's not yet here in its final form. It's already here, but not yet. Now, that can be a little discouraging at times because we look around and we say, really? Is the kingdom, has it, is the kingdom, has it really come? Has it really begun? Uh, we see our own sin and we struggle. Uh, we, you know, we're, we struggle with the temptations to, to conform to the world around us, uh, to act with the same greed, the same bitterness, the same uh, dishonesty, the same lust, the same um, 
the same uh, just evil thoughts uh, of everybody around us. We see ourselves wrestling with these things daily and we think, will I ever get better? Will I ever become more Christ-like? And then we look at society around us, you know, we see, uh, we see morals crumbling, we see the respect for life disappearing, we see uh, a turning to violence to solve problems, we see families falling apart, we see our country divided, we see uh, nations threatening each other, and we think, wow, Lord, come quickly, bring your kingdom, because the kingdoms of this world seem to be, seem to be in charge at times, but take heart. Take heart, because the kingdom of Christ has come. It's present now in His people, in His church. And it's a powerful kingdom. It's a growing kingdom. One day, it'll be completely victorious. In the meantime, how do we live in this, this overlap time? You know, when the two arches are overlapping. In this in-between time, in this already but not yet time. How do we live in such a way to promote the growth of the kingdom. Jesus told these two parables um, in which both, both of them in which we see that the kingdom has begun but it's still coming, it's still growing. How is it growing and how can we take part in that growth? Well, let's look at the first one. The kingdom is like a mustard seed. It starts, in other words, with very small beginnings. Right now, Jesus says the kingdom is like a tiny seed. There's not much to a mustard seed. Uh, smallest seed, not in the world. It's not the smallest seed in the world, but in, this, in all the, garden, the typical garden seeds and crop seeds of Palestine, it was the smallest. Smaller than barley, wheat, lentils, beans, they were all much larger. The mustard seed looks so small and insignificant, so small, in fact, that they used it as an example to, to, to tell how tiny something was. You know, today we would say, oh, that's as tiny as a, tiny as a, what, a, a grain of sand or tiny as a flea. They would say, oh, that's as tiny as a mustard seed. That was just their typical way of, of uh, using the mustard seed as an example of smallness and insignificance. But plant that seed, plant that seed in the ground. And what happens? A miracle. Uh, because that, that little seed often ended up as a 10 to foot, 10, sometimes even 15 feet high tree. A bush that big as a tree, big enough to be a nesting place for birds of all kinds, providing shelter and, and protection. So Jesus says the kingdom is like that. It's not much to look at right now. It's not all that impressive. Tiny, insignificant beginnings. Think of, the king, think, think of how the kingdom came in Jesus. A baby. A baby born to peasant parents. Um, born in an animal stable. Grows up in, in a backwoods town. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathaniel said. In a little tiny mid-eastern country which was ruled by the mighty Roman Empire. And that child becomes a man who travels on foot for three years. People have estimated he must have walked 15 to 20,000 miles in his lifetime. 
but he never went beyond a hundred a hundred mile radius in his ministry. Never went beyond a hundred miles from his um, birthplace. Um, that shot, that man who traveled around on foot with a small band of uneducated, uneducated, um, some often fearful followers, ordinary fishermen and other occupations. Then he dies as a young man uh, on a Roman execution stake across between two thieves. The kingdom, that's, that was the beginnings of the kingdom. Just a mustard seed. But it was there. It was there. God's power, God's rule was displayed in Jesus. And blind eyes were opened and demons were cast out and people were saved. Um, tiny, humble beginnings. But look what has happened since. Look at what has happened since those tiny beginnings. Millions of believers right now are gathered like you and I. All over the planet, millions of believers uh, living under the grace of God, forgiven and forgiving others and, and worshiping uh, some, of them, some of them in houses, some of them in church buildings, some in, in shopping malls. And they're feeding starving children, they're, they're caring for orphans, they're, they're rebuilding flooded communities, they're running hospitals, and they're proclaiming the good news. The king has come, and you can know him. That's, that's the miracle of the mustard seed of the kingdom. Just as that mustard seed uh, grew and became a sanctuary for birds of all kinds, uh, Jesus' kingdom has grown and is now blessing the whole world. But the kingdom is not complete yet. Someday it will be a full-grown tree. A great kingdom, in other words, covering the whole earth. Listen to Psalm 72, verses 8 through 11. I don't believe I asked that to be projected up here this morning. Maybe I did, but... Uh, in any case, Psalm 72, verse 8, a, a, um, a prophetical psalm of the king. May he have dominion from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes bow before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. That's the kingdom that's coming. Habakkuk 2 verse 14 says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. As the waters cover the sea, Christ will return and rule in perfect righteousness and justice and peace. So the kingdom starts with tiny, insignificant beginnings and grows to be a vast worldwide blessing. The other, the second parable in this passage is similar, but a little different emphasis. And that's the kingdom is the key where Jesus says the kingdom is like leaven, like leaven or yeast. It spreads, in other words, with secret, silent, hidden power, but influences Powerfully, everything around it. Right now, the kingdom is like leaven. You know, leaven was a, usually a small lump of fermented dough. And the woman in the house who baked bread would, 
would often save a small piece from the, of the leavened dough from the batch that, that was risen. Um, just before baking, she'd, she'd take that, that small piece of leavened dough from the previous batch and hide it inside the batch of fresh dough so that that leaven or that yeast would, would ferment the whole new batch and make it rise. And that small bit of lemon, uh, lemon, leaven, would permeate the whole batch. Three measures, it says. That was about a bushel. It would permeate the whole thing and powerfully affect every part of it. That's what the kingdom is like, Jesus says. Now, sometimes in Scripture, uh, leaven is a symbol of evil. Uh, it, it symbolizes the corrupting influence of sin. You know, and and it, it spreads like a bad infection. That's why the Israelites were instructed to eat their, their Passover with unleavened bread. To show, that, uh, to show that sin was distasteful and hateful. Uh, they were not even allowed to have leaven in the house during the seven days of that feast. But often in Scripture and in, in um, just uh, other teachings, leaven is a good influence. Uh, one ancient Jewish rabbi um, was known for his, his teaching about peace. He said, great is peace, in that peace is to the earth as leaven is to the dough. It's a good thing. It's a powerful thing. So Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. It's good. It's a hidden, powerful influence that changes and influences everything around it for good. Right now, right now, the kingdom uh, is hidden deep inside the loaf of this world. We can't see it. I mean, it, it's not noisy and flashy and violent and, um, you know, uh, everything the world does to attract attention, but it's working powerfully. It's influencing the dough around it, permeating it and changing it. Uh, again, think of how Jesus brought the kingdom. When he came bringing his kingdom, it was not like people expected. Uh, with big show of outward force. He didn't come with an army. He didn't come uh, to for and forming a new political party. He didn't come with a big flashy light show or concert. That's the way a lot of people would expect a kingdom to come, you know, or a revolution to happen. Get the big crowds, get the numbers out. Get the people to the ballot box or the protest march. Get the people armed and, with, and uh, weapons and show how big and forceful you can be. That's how a lot, of, a lot of us would expect the kingdom to come in. And that's how most Jews thought God's kingdom would be brought in. They were sick of being dominated by the Romans. They wanted to restore their, their nation's former greatness and, and glory. They wanted to crush their enemies and they thought God's Messiah will be the one to lead us. But Jesus was not a political Messiah. He didn't say, my, my fellow Hebrews, let's turn out in full force. You know, let's kick those guys out of office. He didn't, he didn't, he, he didn't come as a military Messiah. When he rode into Jerusalem, it wasn't on a war horse. It was on a donkey. Symbol of humility. He didn't say, sharpen your swords, guys, we're, we're going to start a revolution. No. Jesus took that little band of men and women, and he sent them into the world like leaven. 
like a baker, he had leaven in the loaf. And then he gave them, he gave them the Holy Spirit and said, now love one another. Love one another and serve one another and preach the gospel. Lay down your life for your friends. Pray and do good to your enemies and those who hate you and tell them how the Son of God laid down his life for his enemies. You, when you were sinners. That's the kingdom. That's how the kingdom works. That's how the kingdom Jesus brought in works. Remember what he said to Pilate? When Pilate, he was before Pilate being questioned, Pilate said, are you a king? Are you a king of the Jews? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of or from this world. If it was, my people would, be in, would have been fighting for me. But my kingdom is from another place. See, we do not bring the, the kingdom, we do not do the work of God on this earth by fighting with weapons, the weapons and the power of the world. We, we fight with the power of the gospel and prayer and love. We don't bring the kingdom with outward force and worldly methods, whether it's armies or political parties or big money or flashy entertainment. We spread the kingdom with Holy Spirit-powered love and service and sacrifice and sharing the gospel. So the kingdom in this parable of the leaven is, a, is a, it's like a secret force that works from within. It's like leaven changing one molecule at a time. And the gospel changes one heart at a time. I like the way C.S. Lewis put it in one of his books. I think it's in Mere Christianity this came from. He said, God has landed in enemy-occupied world in disguise, not in a full-force invasion. And he has started a secret society to undermine the devil, the church, us. In other words, we are here as an advance guard or a colony of the kingdom. We're here to show what life is like under the loving rule of the king. and What it looks like. So the kingdom of God has not fully come. But it's here right now. It begins like a tiny mustard seed and grows and blesses many. It works silently and inwardly like leaven, but it powerfully influences everything around it. Uh, do you sometimes feel like, like I do? <laughs> like, like what you're doing does just seem so insignificant or, and puny. Like you're just not making a very big splash for God in this world, like your little efforts really don't matter that much. I think sometimes we forget what happened when one man, Andrew, went to find his brother, Peter, and brought him to Jesus. We forget what happened when one little boy brought his seven loaves of bread and, and a few fish to Jesus. We forget what Jesus said about giving one cup of cold water in his name. How God notices and rewards that and blesses it. Do we realize, do we realize that the kingdom grows and spreads through these in seemingly insignificant things? You know, whether it's when you pray or write a note or share a bowl of food. Or take time to listen to a hurting soul? Or give a book or a Bible away? 
or just simply share, the, share your story of how you came to know the King and the Savior. Do we, I wonder if we minimize sometimes how, how life-changing it could be just to, to walk across the room. I think it was probably Bill Hybels wrote a book on evangelism called uh, Just Walk Across the Room. But really, do we minimize the importance of stepping out of our comfort zone to walk across the street and meet our neighbor? Or walking across the, the church building to introduce yourself to a newcomer? I've known people whose entire direction in life was affected by somebody doing that, somebody caring enough because because they bothered to care and invite that person to church or pray for them. I, uh, I keep thinking of um, early beginnings of my spiritual life. I was at a campfire, a Christian camp, I, and a speaker had been sharing the gospel. And um, the boy next to me, whom I hardly knew, said, uh, Are you a Christian? I said, I, I think so. I really, I really didn't know. I knew I was a good boy most of the time, um, but was I a Christian? Had I ever admitted my sin and my need for a Savior in my life? No, and that night I put my trust in Christ and I began my walk with Him and started with a stranger asking one question. So don't discount, don't discount those mustard seed type words or actions that God may be calling you to do. The kingdom grows through those tiny beginnings. It influences others for Christ in ways you may not even understand or see. Maybe it's a group of mothers praying for their kids and their teachers. Maybe it's an Awana worker you know, explaining to a child why God sent his son and sacrificed his son on the cross. Maybe it's taking a day off to help a neighbor. Tear down a garage or something. Tiny mustard seeds. Hidden leaven, but, you know, they're small, they're quiet, but God, what does Scripture tell us? God has chosen the weak things, the foolish things. The little things, the insignificant things in the eyes of the world, He's chosen those things to bring His kingdom blessings. So, yeah, you and I live in an age where the kingdoms of this world are, are trying their best to rule and tear down God's authority and, and where man is trying to be his own king. But the true king has come and therefore we who have received him by faith have already entered his kingdom. And I hope you have. Simply through faith in Jesus Christ. Trusting what he did on the cross for you. We've already entered his kingdom. And that means that everything we do Everything we do, no matter how unimportant it may seem, is kingdom business. It matters to the king. Let's pray. Our God, we just trust that you will take our small, sometimes what seems in our eyes, our small and measly efforts. Take them and help us to do them for your glory in your kingdom, and to realize that um, your spirit is working powerfully 
in ways we do not see. Help us to trust you and to trust that one day the kingdom will come in all of its glory and fullness and covering this earth. So in the meantime, use us, we pray. In the name of Christ, in Jesus' name, amen.